Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe, it's the Matlock Show. He loves all things conservative politics, and if there's a microphone nearby, you can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it. And now, a true original, the common sense conservative, here's your host, Matlock. Oh, yeah, somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody's got to beat the left over the head with it. It might as well be me, Matlock. Welcome in making radio great again. I tried the best that I can do. It is Red Friday. Remember, everybody deployed. I've got my red making radio great again shirt on. Welcome in. Man, it's Friday. Football is back. I watched the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers play last night. I'm in a good mood. I got to sit out there and smoke a cigar. I drank an adult beverage. I enjoy, y'all know, my back porch, patio, stoop, whatever you want to call it back there is covered. I have an outdoor television. I sit back there most of the time and I enjoy myself watching football, drinking beer, in acting like a toxic man (laughs) because you know the left doesn't like that anymore they don't like the fact of toxicity you can't be a toxic man and talking about toxic men and women head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com s-c-a-r-s scarsandstripescoffee.com they have given veterans a mission they have Chad, the owner of Scars and Stripes Coffee, has created this e-commerce platform that gives these veterans the ability to run their own business. They get paid for selling coffee, merchandise, anything off the website. It's great coffee. I've got some right here. Oh, it's good on a Friday morning. Um, Head over to Scars and Stripes Coffee right now. Get you some coffee. Get you some swag. Check them out. ScarsandStripesCoffee.com. And if you don't want to go to ScarsandStripesCoffee.com, head over to TheMatlockShow.com. The link is on my page. TheMatlockShow.com. The last name is spelled L-O-C-K-E. Do it now. Go get you some fantastic coffee, but support a veteran. Scars and Stripes coffee.com. All right. It's the Friday roundup. All the things I could not get to during the week I'm going to get to now. Now it's a little bit different today because I found some stories that uh, I want to get after that I find just amazing. And uh, since last night was the opening of the hundredth year of the NFL, the national football league, um, I'm going to do some sports today and it's all political. Can you believe that? I mean, it's unbelievable to sit here and, and to watch what is going on with with our sports today, with what's happening in our our deals. I mean, it is just crazy to – I'm, I'm tired of it, to be honest with you. I'm so tired of watching politics erode my sports. I'm a sports junkie. I love football. College football is back. The NFL is back. I'm more so, let me give you a little background here. It's a personal story this year. So me and nine of my buddies have been in this fantasy football league since 2000. Now I want you to think about that. Almost 20 years now. Next year will be 20 years that we get together. And we talk about sports, we talk about our families, we talk about our lives, we hang out, we draft, we have a great time, we we kid, we, we poke, we make fun of. That's what men 
do. It's one of those deals that I look forward to every single year. And in 19 years, I think I've won the league three or four times. Not a lot. I mean, we got a lot of competition every year. It's a different person. It's not the same person every year, even though Jason's getting pretty good. He's won the last couple, I think. Little bastard. But, uh, you know, it's a man thing. So I watch football more for the fantasy league than the actual football. And I'm a diehard uh, Indianapolis Colts fan. You all know that. So there is that, but, uh, you know, football's back and it's fantasy football. And this year's a little different because this year we're getting to that age where I hate to say this, but one of our buddies died. He died this year. We are nine men. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my good friend Trent the other day when we were, uh, drafting cause we draft online. We all get together. We draft online and whatnot. And I said, who's taking over Ross's team? And he says, this year, nobody. We're going to leave it open. I'll manage it the best I can. I'll be good with it, and away we'll go. So, yeah, we lost one of our brothers this year, and uh, it's we're, it sucks. 19 years we've been doing this, and uh, this year is just a, a, a little bit different on the feeling side. And uh, God bless you, Ross, wherever you are. And uh, I hope that life is better and, well, life isn't better because he's dead, but Hopefully he is not hurting anymore or whatever happened because we don't know. I mean, I don't know the details surrounding his death, but it happened. And I talked about it on the cartel a few months back, probably about four or five months back. But uh, this is the first year that we're doing this fantasy football league without Ross, without all 10 of us. And it's been a really tight knit group that whole time. So I love football. It's back. And, uh, you know, I got just a little personal note here. So I'm, I'm out watching football last night on the, on the patio. You know, I'm drinking an adult beverage. I'm smoking a cigar. And uh, game gets over with around, I don't know, about 10, 15 here, central time. Uh, I love that about living in the central time zone because everything comes on earlier. Like back in Indiana, if I wanted to watch Thursday Night Football, it came on at 8.20. Down here at 7.20. So the game was over like 10.15. Which is fantastic. I'm a night owl. If none of you don't, if, if none of you have never listened to this program, I am a night owl. I, I I just think better at night, and I have a hard time going to sleep because my mind doesn't shut off. It, you know, I'm always thinking. I'm always figuring. I'm always uh, strategizing. I'm always trying to figure out the next step in what I want to do because I'm going to take over the world. I've already told you this. I'm going to take over the conservative radio world. That's just what I'm going to do. Making radio great again. This is not just a saying, it's a deal. And now Rush Limbaugh's picked up on it, little thief. But hey, I should be honored. People steal good stuff all the time, right? So I'm up last night. I come in after the football game. I turn on the TV and I've got my computer on, my, my laptop on. I'm, I'm just kind of browsing and doing some social media and looking at what I'm going to do for today. And Dirty Dancing is on. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know what it is about it, about Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, but I love that movie. I love that movie, so I got I, I got sucked in. I got sucked into Dirty Dancing. It didn't finish till almost midnight last night. But, you know, I, I was up on Twitter last night. I'm like, you know, that ending to that movie is fantastic. Nobody puts baby in a corner kind of stuff. And then they dance and all the, the choreographed dancing and the lift and, you know, oh, I'll tell you when I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. And it's just, I don't know. It just every time that movie gets me. Dirty Dancing gets me every single time. Anyway, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Because I have, uh, I have brought out here, oh gosh, about three or four articles dealing with sports today. And, and I have to tell you, I'm getting a little bit irritated with all of this political nonsense seeping into my sports. Sorry, I had to adjust the microphone there. Um, I, I, redid my, I redid the studio yesterday. I've got a new show coming out. I've got a TV show that is debuting Monday on americasvoicenews.com. Americasvoice.news. You can find them there. Don't put in the www. Just type in your uh, web, web uh, browser. Or, or your uh, URL line, americasvoice.news, you will find them. But I've got a new show coming out. And spoiler alert, I told you I was going to wait for this week, but I'm not because I just found out yesterday. It's called Lock and Load with Matt Locke. So that's the name of my show, Lock and Load. Kind of funny. It plays off my locked and load, my locked and loaded hashtag. But it's Lock and Load with Matt Locke, premieres Monday, and it's going to be on at 12 p.m. Eastern, 12 to 1 daily 
Monday through Friday on AmericasVoiceNews.com. Lock and load. Check it out. It's going to be hard-hitting conservative politics. I'm trying to get this studio into some kind of shape. We're green screening. I'm putting up lights. I'm doing all this stuff that to make this little room even hotter because <laughs> it gets hot in this room. I'm glad I'm only doing about an hour because after about an hour, I'm, I'm just about breaking out into a sweat because my little room's only like eight by eight. And I've got all these, I've got computers running, I've got monitors, I've got all this stuff going on, and it makes it tough. It really does. It makes it tough, tough. But anyway, politics in our sports. So I don't know if you guys remember this Jamel Hill. She works for ESPN. She is one of the anchors there at ESPN. That has been all over our president about being a racist, about being a misogynist. Sorry, I wanted to get a drink there. Um, she's black. Let me, let, let's put it that way. She's African-American. And uh, she is writing her first op-ed for The Atlantic. And it's five pages. It prints out to five pages, front and back. And I'm telling you, here is the headline. And it's crazy. And it's ridiculous. And I'm tired of it. And I'm going to tear this thing apart. It says, it's time for black athletes to leave white colleges. Let me read that to you again. It's time for black athletes to leave white colleges. Now, I read this, and I'm going to pull out some highlights of this story. It's amazing because she talks about how black athletes are being manipulated by the white man. I kid you Nah, and the whole time I'm reading this article, I am thinking to myself, okay, wait a minute. So you're saying in this article that you would rather black men be on the streets in the hood than make their way out of the hood, become a professional football player, make money and, 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 and enjoy the capitalistic system that America provides them to lift their families up. You would rather they be poor because these white colleges are using them. Um, here is a little spoiler alert, Jamil Hill. They get their education paid for. She's like, hold on. Well, I know these. I know these athletes can't get paid, but no, they get paid. They get a free education. And in today's world, that's a lot of money. I don't know what it costs to go to LSU. I don't know what it costs to go to Alabama or Ohio State or Indiana or Michigan or Penn State or Florida or Texas A&M or Texas or Oregon or I can go on and on and on. I don't know what it costs, but let's just say it costs uh, $20,000 a year. That's like having a damn job. Now, on top of all of that, they get to go play football for an elite program or basketball or baseball. And all the while they get their education paid for. They don't have to pay for it. Here's how the article starts. I want you to listen to this. In the summer of 2018, Kayvon who was then ranked as the top high school football player in America, visited Florida A&M University in Tallahassee. When a player of Thibodeau's caliber visits a perennial football power, say Alabama, it's called Wednesday. But when he visits a, an historical black college or university, HBCU, like Florida A&M, it threatens to crack the foundation on which the money-making edifice of college sports rests. Come on, Jamil Hill. You can do better than this. Quote, I really just want to learn the history of FAMU Thibodeau, a defensive end who received a scholarship offer from the school after his freshman year in high school, told me. And I wanted to show there were more opportunities out there than just big-time Division I schools. And there are. I mean, you see it. You know, I'm going to tell you something. You see this every day. I passed up. I passed up going to several Division I schools because I wanted to play right away. I got a scholarship to play baseball. And I got scholarships to Evansville. I got scholarships to Valparaiso. I got scholarships to D1 schools that wanted me to come play baseball. 
Now, these D1 schools told me, Matlock, you're probably, as a pitcher, they said, you know, we're, we're probably not going to get you into a starting role or a, a bigger role until your sophomore year, at least, maybe junior year, because, you know, these schools are stacked with great talent. You know, there's a reason they give out scholarships. There's a reason they have them, because they're stacked with really good talent. So I visited those schools, both schools wanted to give me a full-ride scholarship to pay for my college, and I decided to go to a smaller school, Finley University, where I would play right away. I had no, I had no qualms about that, and I did that, and I played right away, and I contributed right away, and I loved it, it and it was the right decision for me. Now, I'm a white guy, mind you, not black, but I got my college paid for. That was the, the, the deal with getting a scholarship. I didn't have to pay the fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000 a year. That was the tuition, the meal plan, and all that stuff because it got paid for. But now it's like, oh, you know, I wanted to show there's more opportunities. There are. Every day you see athletes in baseball, in football, in basketball, who come from non-Division One schools. It happens all the time. They make it in the professionals. If you are good, you are going to make it. So it really doesn't, I mean, at this point, these scouts are everywhere. It doesn't matter where you play collegiately. But this thing goes on because she says, ultimately, and perhaps inevitably, Thibodeau, announced that he was going to one of the top football programs in the country, the University of Oregon. Of course he is. Quote, nobody wants to eat McDonald's when you can get filet mignon, is how Thibodeau put it. But over the course of the five months between his visit to Florida A&M University and his decision to roll at Oregon, Thibodeau, who gushed about the historically black university on social media, galvanized alumni and boosted national awareness of the institution. It was a moment of hope for HBCUs, and it should have been a moment of fear for the predominantly white institutions whose collective multi-million, multi-billion dollar revenues <clears throat> have been built largely on the exertions of uncompensated black athletes. That's just wrong. That's just wrong. Uh, that, that, that is completely false in, in, in every way of the word. Uh, it's just so stupid because it's not just black athletes. You know, that, that's the crazy thing. That is such a far-reaching conclusion that is just not right. She said the NCAA National Collegiate Athletic Association, reported $1.1 billion in revenue for its 2017 fiscal year. Most of that money, get this, comes from D Division I men's basketball tournament, the NCAA March Madness. In 2016, the NCAA extended its television agreement with CBS Sports and Turner Broadcasting through 2032, an $8.8 .8 billion deal. Good for them. Good for them. I love March Madness. I love watching the NCAA tournament. It makes a lot of money. It people's, you know, you get eyes on it. Advertisers want to pay for it. That's something they want to do. And all of those players that play in that basketball game, they get a, they, they get their college paid for. What a great deal. Now, you know, I, my buddies and I have sat around and we've talked about this issue um, more times than not about getting college athletes paid. You know, these college athletes, they go in there and you see it now and it's getting a little, it's getting crazy, but these athletes like, uh, uh, Joey Bosa, uh, his brother, I think, uh, is it Joey? I think Joey's playing at, uh, San Diego for the chargers. Well, uh, his brother played for Ohio state and in the second game of his senior year, he ripped his groin muscle, didn't play the rest of the year. He sat out the rest of the year knowing he was going to be a top draft pick in the NFL. We watch these athletes now sit out because they know they're going to go make money. And, and you know what? Go do it. That's America. That's capitalism. If you're good at something, if there is an audience for it, if there are advertisers willing to pay for it, and you can make money, by all means do it because these athletes are very well, they're very well compensated. You know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott used to play at Ohio State. I'm down here in Texas. Dallas-Fort Worth. He's down there in Cabo. He's holding out. Now, I, 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 I was telling my friends the other day, 
I don't like this. You know, here's Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. He signed a contract where he still has two more years left on it. He signed that agreement. He said, you know what, Dallas Cowboys? Thank you for paying me. I'm going to sign this four-year agreement or whatever the hell it was. I think he's been in the league two years. I think it's four years for a rookie contract. I'm going to sign this and then be done. And now what does he do? He goes to Cabo. He holds out and he says, you know, those last two years, forget it. I signed them, but I'm not playing for you. I want my contract renegotiated. And if I'm Jerry Jones, I'd be like, no, no, I paid you. I paid you what the market said you were worth two years ago. You signed the contract and said, I'll play, I'll pay, I'll play for this amount of money. You, you got to finish out your contract. But instead, what did they do? They renegotiated Zeke's contract. They paid him $108 million over, I want to say seven or eight years. And they caved. Why? Because Jerry Jones knows the NFL is a lucrative business. He knows that Zeke Elliott puts asses in seats. He knows that when those asses are in the seats, they're watching on the TV, they're watching at AT&T Stadium, they're putting money in his pocket. So it was a very little business decision to put a lot more money in Jerry Jones's pocket. And by the way, Ezekiel Elliott is the highest paid running back now in the NFL, so he's getting paid once again. Not because he's black, but because he's elite. Now, I think it's funny because she talks about the NCAA. She talks about the renewed television contract. She talks about all the money that you know colleges are bringing in. But she says about 30 Division I schools each bring in at least $100 million in athletic revenue every year. I know Ohio State does. I know Alabama does. I know Oregon does. I mean, there, there's some elite schools out there that bring in lots and lots of money. Almost all of these schools, she says, are a majority white. In fact, athletic revenue every year, she says, almost all, oh, I'm sorry, almost all these schools are majority white. In fact, black men make up only 2.4% of the total undergraduate population of the 65 schools in the so-called Power Five athletic conferences. Now, amazing, because if you look at sports, uh, look at Alabama, look at Ohio State, look at Oregon, look at these elite teams that are every year vying for the national championship for football. They are predominantly black. Predominantly. If you did a survey, if you looked at the numbers, you would see Ohio State. I mean, I was watching them last weekend. I'm going to watch them tomorrow. They play Cincinnati. I mean, Ohio State, almost their whole entire offensive line is black. I think there's one white guy. Their quarterback is black. Their running back is black. Their wide receivers are black. I mean, Ohio State starting 11 on offense, you might have three white guys out of 11. Three. And I think one of them's the tight end. Doesn't count. No, I'm just kidding. Love tight ends. But you see, you look at this. Oregon's the same way. Alabama's the same way. You look, and that's, well, you know, well, 2.4% uh, of the total undergraduate population of the 65 schools in the so-called power, five athletic conferences are black. She says, yet black men make up 55% of the football players in those conferences and 56% of the basketball players. It's such bull. Now she goes on. I mean, I, this is five pages printed out. I'm not going to I'm not going to read the whole damn thing to you, but I want to point out some some issues here that I have with this story. Cuz she says in a country where the racial wealth gap remains enormous, so she's saying that blacks are poorer than whites. The median white household has nearly 10 times the wealth of the median black household. And the rate of white home ownership is about 70% higher than that of black home ownership. Institutions that nurture a black middle class are crucial. And when these institutions are healthy, they bring economic development to the black neighborhoods that surround them. So what she's saying in all of this, which is just a, a farce, because if you actually broke down the NFL, let's just break down the NFL. The NFL, I could go look right now, and I could tell you that the NFL is probably, I'm going to say, 65-35 black. It, it just is. 
it, it, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Good for them. So when you look at that, numbers are screwed. Percentage of blacks NFL. All right. Um, here we go. Oh, I was even farther off than that. Uh, at the start of the 2014 season, the NFL surveys revealed that the league was approximately 68% African-American. 28% white. Once again, Jamil Hill, these NFL players, 68% of them black. But she wants to go back to these colleges because that's where she could nitpick. Because, you know, blacks are being held down. They're being oppressed by the man. They're being oppressed by you. They're living in the hood. Now, she says top black athletes used to go to black colleges. Now she wants segregation, my friends. Remember that back in the 50s and 60s? She wants separate segregation for blacks because they're the ones that run the deal. Top black athletes used to go to black colleges. In fact, she says, until the Brown versus Board of Education decision in 54, Jim Crow and segregation made black colleges pretty much the only destination for black athletes. So she's out there saying, well, you know, maybe that wasn't a bad deal. Segregation and all. Jim Crow laws. Because that made these black athletes go to black colleges so the whitey, the white man, couldn't benefit from them. I mean, this is this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And then she lists them. She says even in the 70s and 80s, some alums were achieving Hall of Fame level greatness in basketball. Willis Reed, who went to Grambling State, all black college. Earl the Pearl Monroe, Winston-Salem State. Walter Payton, Jackson State. Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State. But the reason black athletes today don't choose a Florida A&M over Oregon or a Hampton over Duke is obvious, she says. Their chances of making it to the pros as a high draft pick and of winning lucrative endorsement deals are enhanced by going to the predominantly white schools that sit atop the college sports world. See, it's driven by the white guy, that crazy, evil, greedy white man is holding these poor black men down. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. You know? Shouldn't you be celebrating? I mean, shouldn't you be celebrating the fact that there is a platform that amplifies your physical abilities and talent that gets you in front of scouts that can change your life forever? I mean, I want you to think about it. And the sad part about this is a lot of these black kids that play football, this is the only choice they have. You see these interviews all the time with these guys. Well, Ed Reed the other day, they were doing, uh, gosh, this was probably about a month ago. He was on NBC. They were doing the Hall of Fame game over in Canton. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame, and he says to them, this was the only shot I had. This was the only opportunity I had to make something of my life. I was made to play football. And here's Jamil Hill. Well, maybe we shouldn't give these black people opportunities. Maybe we should create our own. I mean, why would you create your own? Why would you do that? Why do you not want what, – what's wrong with the system? The system that is 68% African-American in the NFL. Now, if you look at the NBA, holy cow, the NBA, I'll bet the NBA is 80-20. I mean, it is incredible. The NBA is went completely black. Completely. Oh, yeah. 75% of NBA players are black. 23 are white and 2% are of another race. But yet, you're the victim, Jamil? The black folks are the victim? You know, you're the victim of a platform that allows you success, that allows you lucrative deals, that allows you to go play in front of millions of people a weekend. She's mad. She's mad that these all-black colleges are losing talent to these white colleges. 
Because she says in the era before big television contracts, these all-black colleges more or less had a monopoly on black athletes because there was little money to be made from them. But when college sports became big business, the major sports schools proved to be relentless in recruiting players away from these black colleges. William C. Roden, the author of $40 Million Slaves, because they're slaves now, an account of how black athletes have been historically commanded, have historically commanded big audiences, but had little true power, placed some of the blame for the exodus on the black colleges themselves, which operated as if they would have a monopoly on black talent forever. The black colleges probably felt that racism was so deeply entrenched that white people would never go after black kids in mass. See, this is uh, she's trying to make this out to be racism. Now, you know, I, I, I'm amazed. Well, I always get stuffy in here. It's really weird. I got to blow my nose or something before the show. Um, it amazes me that she believes that this is a negative for the black athlete. The platform is what it is. The platform is what it is. Now, it gives you, it affords you the opportunity to make a lot of money. It affords, I mean, it affords you the opportunity to go and play. Now, if you wanted to go after anybody, Jamil Hill, instead of colleges, maybe you should have went after the Major League Baseball Association. Because right now, only about 8% of the major leagues is black. How about the National Hockey League? You know, there, aren't, there, there, there don't seem to be too many people running around. There don't seem to be, seem to be too many blacks uh, running around playing hockey. Why is that? You know? We start looking at this stuff, the percentage of NHL black, um, yeah, 7%, varying ethnicities. The league currently has 32 players of African-American descent. You know, this is th this is garbage. This, this is rubbish right here. This is a black woman who is mad. This is a black woman who feels like she can take to the Atlantic and tell you she can grieve her, she can she can air her grievances, and she's going to, and and by God, she's going to let you know that she's upset because you're keeping the black man down in college. All the while they get an education, all the while they get room and board, all the while they get a food card, all the while they get things they they, they that their parents probably couldn't afford to give them otherwise. Now, are, are predominantly blacks poor? Yeah, there's a lot of blacks who are poor, but there are a lot of white people who are poor too. Stop using your skin color as a crutch in your life. There are a lot of, I know a lot of successful black people. I know a lot of successful white people and their success, their success didn't come to them because of the color of their skin had nothing to do with it at all. They worked hard. They built an amazing business and they took the time to do it right. And they were rewarded with money because that's what happens. When you're successful, you are rewarded for your efforts because you've hurt, you've worked, and you have brought a product to the market that's better than anybody else's. That is such garbage. I want to start that out today because this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with in the country today. Hey, head over to the matlockshow.com, thematlockshow.com. That's my website. You can sign up for my newsletter, which is going to come out monthly. I sent out the August newsletter um, over the Labor Day weekend. Thank you. I had about, I don't know, 105, 106 signups so far. We need to get that into the thousands. Let's spread the word. Please do so. It would do me a huge favor over this weekend. Tell one person about the Matlock Show. Share it on your social media, be it Facebook, be it Twitter, be it Parler, be it Instagram, wherever it is. Share it with one extra person this weekend. Let's get people signed up over at the website. I got more hats coming, the Matlock Show hats. They're fantastic. We're going to get that run going now that I, I have to apologize. This week has been crazy because today... I'm filling in for Casey Hendrickson over at 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm trying to get this television show started with America's Voice News, Lock and Load, 
I'm trying to get that done. I just had, ha I've had zero time to run down and get these hats ordered from my local lady down here in Burleson, Texas. So they're coming next week. We got t-shirts coming right after that. The website's got my scars and stripes link, but if you go there and you click on the Ver forever link, you can get you some CBD oil. CBD is becoming very mainstream and I'm telling you it works. It, it's an amazing product. If you've got aches and pains, if you've got inflammation, if you're having trouble sleeping, if you're trying to calm yourself, relax or whatnot, CBD does the job. You can get it over at Verve Forever. I have the link on my website, thematlockshow.com. Click on that link. That's my link. That'll pay me. Thank you very much because I'm a capitalist and I like money and that keeps this show going, by the way. But if you head over there and click on that link, if you use Verve25, that's V-E-R-V-E-2-5, -E you're going to get 25% off today. It's amazing. I bought some CBD oil for our dog, Samson, who's a boxer. He's got hip dysplasia. It's working. It's working. He's been on it now almost a week. Boy, he's getting around a whole lot better. I can tell he feels better. We're hoping that it took away a little bit of the pain. We're hoping that it helped with the inflammation. We don't know. We're not dogs. But you can tell there is a difference in his attitude, there's a difference in his energy level. It works. Head over to thematlockshow.com. Click on that link, the Verve link. Use Verve25, V-E-R-V-E. -E. Save 25% today. Do it now. All right. Next sports story. Drew Brees. I am a huge, I'm going to tell you, I have been a huge Drew Brees fan since he's been in college at Purdue. He's a Big Ten guy. Love, love, love the guy. So... Drew Brees did some video promoting, it says Brees released a short video encouraging young people to share their faith by bringing their Bibles to school on October 3rd of this year. The event is an annual celebration designed to encourage personal freedom, religious freedom, religious pride, and is sponsored by Focus on the Family, a conservative Christian advocacy organization. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with an athlete saying, you know what? If you are so inclined, if you are so inclined and you are of the Christian faith, bring your Bible to school on October 3rd. Share your faith Bring your Bible to school. Now, to you and I and common sense thinking people, that is not offensive. I, I'm, I'm not offended by it. Are you? I mean, are, are you offended by it? I'm not offended. If someone brought their Bible, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're Muslim and you brought your Quran, I'm not offended by it. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. I'm not going to read it. But you have the right to do that. Well, the LGBT. Q Elemental P um, Brigade, they're pissed. They're pissed. The reaction was instantaneous. It was intensely hostile. Sports commentator Robert Litta tweeted, Drew Brees created a PSA, public service announcement video, for an anti-gay religious cult that believes in conversion therapy and fights against any anti-discrimination laws, wants kids to bring Bible to school to convert other kids. It's not what he said. It's not what he said. I've watched the PSA. You can go watch the PSA. He encourages you to celebrate your faith and to share it by bringing your Bible to school. That's it. Yeah, the, uh, look, I have friends who are homotypesexual. I don't care. I don't care what you do in your bedroom. I don't care who you sleep with. But stop. The it, It's not these people because these are good, honest, hardworking, common sense people. These knuckleheads. Oh, well, this is anti-discriminatory and anti. It's not anti-gay. They're celebrating their Christianity. They're celebrating their faith in Jesus Christ. 
They're celebrating who they are. If you're not that way, then don't listen. Not once they come out there and say being gay is wrong. Not once did they come out there and said anything about the LGBTQ, elemental P, Z, D, B, F group, whatever the hell it is. It's amazing. So in 2010, Drew Brees made a video for the It Gets Better series, which encourages LGBTU to push through school bullying. There you go. It encourages LGBT youth to push through school bullying. In the video, he says, quote, if you're making fun of someone because they are different, then you are no friend of mine. He also partnered with Ellen DeGeneres to promote an anti-bullying campaign. Thus, his work with the Focus on the Families campaign demonstrates a fall from grace according to the liberal knucklehead left. Oh my God, he's off the plantation. We've got to burn him down. And how dare you? How dare you have the audacity to spread the word of Jesus Christ? How dare you? How dare you do it? How dare the LGBT community say a damn word? He didn't say one disparaging word about the LGBT. It's the same thing with Chick-fil-A. The damn owner believes that marriage is between a man and a woman. And the left, you know, blows a gasket. Oh, my God. That's so narrow-minded that he wants marriage between a man and a woman. Um, It's called nature. Science. Two men cannot produce a baby. Two women cannot procreate. It's the birds and the bees. I've said it so many times on this program. Now, look, I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care if you're homotype sexual. It does not bother me because I'm not. What you choose to do in your home in America is your decision. That's what's great about this country. But yet we've got these lunatics out there going after Drew Brees because he encouraged youth to share their faith. I mean, that's absurd. So queer T, <laughs> another LGBT media site, and it's queer, Q-U-E-E-R-T-Y, queer T, uh, took a took it a step further with the headline, NFL star Drew Brees partners with Focus on the Family to promote hate. To promote hate. Now, because Drew Brees did a public service announcement saying, hey, on October 3rd, bring your Bible to school and share your faith. That's hate now. Believing in Jesus Christ is now hate. Because, you know, Jesus must have hated the gays, right? Must have just, you know, hated them. This is the left's narrow-minded thinking, and it's ridiculous. The article quotes this line from the video as evidence. Here's what they use. It says, quote, I want to encourage you to live out your faith on bring your Bible to school day and share God's love with friends. That's, I mean, that's so hateful. That is so hateful that you want to live out your faith as a quality human being and that you want to bring your Bible to school and share God's love with your friends. That is, I thought love trumped hate. I thought love trumped hate. Am I mistaken here? Because queer tea says that this is the evidence. The evidence is I want to encourage you to live out your faith on bring your Bible to school day and share God's love with friends. They conclude, even though Breeze doesn't specifically mention the LGBTQ people in the video, affiliating himself for nearly a decade with an organization that has such a long and sordid history of homophobia puts him squarely in the same corner. Just because my Christian faith doesn't believe in homosexuality doesn't mean we condemn it. I don't. Once again, I don't care if you're homotype sexual. I don't care who you choose to lay in your bed with. I don't care. But as for me and my family, I like women. I'm a man. 
I don't, I'm not attracted to other men. My wife is not attracted to other women. What I do in my household is my business. And I, look, I, I don't, I think being homotype sexual, ooh, but it isn't up for me to decide. I'm not God. I don't get to be the final determination of that. And we've, we've went completely off the reservation with our sexuality. Now, I don't believe it's right, but I'm not going to sit there and lecture my homotype sexual friends about it because that isn't my duty either. Isn't any of my business. I don't want them lecturing me about my heterosexuality. Who you choose to sleep with is up to you. Who Drew Brees chooses to do a public service announcement is up to him. Not once did he say, hey, being gay is wrong. It's awful. It's nasty. It's terrible. He never said that. And, and the only thing they've got is that I want to encourage you to live out your faith on bring your Bible to school day and share God's love with your friends. That's the hate. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And of course, the queer tees, the LGBTs, all that stuff, you know, they conclude even though Breeze didn't mention specifically LGBTQ people, affiliating himself with that group is bad enough. I mean, it's bad enough because they're homophobic. To be sure, it says, focus on the family is very, very clear on their support for traditional marriage and concepts of gender and sexuality. They follow a Christian biblical worldview. Despite the relentless insistence from the modern left, this does not make them bad or hateful people. It just makes them disagree. And what has become an astonishingly, astonishingly controversial position in the last decade or so, preferring to maintain a specific lifestyle surrounding a specific religious worldview, is not dangerous or threatening to everyone. You know, they don't attack Muslims. Hell, they rewrote the rules in the house so that Ilhan Omar could wear her religious hijab and cover her face. They never say anything about the Muslim faith. You know, Muslims kill gays. Do you know that? Muslims kill gays. They find it repulsive. They throw them off buildings. They stone them. They kill them. We don't hear. But yet the left has nothing else to yell about. So if Drew Brees wants to go out and work with, you know, this group focus on the family, he has every right to do so. If he's a Christian, what's wrong with that? You know, it's not controversial. It's not controversial to maintain a specific lifestyle surrounded by your religion. It's not dangerous. It's not threatening. It's just what you believe. The organization simply advocates for their religious beliefs, open and proudly, and has chosen not to compromise their principles in favor, in favor of cultural changes. That's all. And they're pissed about that. The gay Gestapo is pissed. Once again, we saw this the other day, that a straight pride parade in Boston and the LGBT community, oh my God, they're hateful. No, they're just proud to be straight. They're proud to not be you. You're proud to be you. It's okay. You can be you. Be you. Be proud. Be respectful, and I'll be respectful to you. But stop calling me a hate monger because I believe in Jesus Christ. Because I believe in traditional marriage. Because I believe in baby making. And baby making only happens when you have an egg and a sperm. I'm sorry. Those, that's the rules. I didn't make them up. But here we are. Here we are living in a day and time where the gay Gestapo is going to come after you because they have to continue to hammer the narrative that, that homotype, sexual, homotype sexuality is normal. It's not. Pedophilia is not normal. It's, not, it's outside of the norms of society. I'm sorry, it is. That's, that's my personal opinion. I don't have a problem with it, but it still is. If you hate me for that, I'm okay for it. I don't, I don't hate you. I don't hate you for your sexuality. But I don't agree with it, and I don't have to. And you don't have to agree with my sexuality. And you can like me for who I am. It's crazy the world we now live in. I'll tell you what, though. You know who's making a better world? 
CombatFlipFlops.com. CombatFlipFlops.com. Head over there. Check them out. Use LOCK, L-O-C-K-E, 25, and you will get 25% off of anything. They sell at their website. They're fantastic guys. Griffin Lee over there. They're great friends of the Matlock show. I've, I've known them for years. They do great work. They were on Shark Tank. You know, they came up with this deal where you're buying flip-flops, which I wear flip-flops 90% of the time. It's going to be 101 degrees here in September. They're like, oh, yeah, summer's just going to not leave Texas for a while. So, you know, it's hot. I'm always in a pair of golf shorts and a pair of combat flip-flops. I've bought the flopperators. And the flopperator, no, the, the, the zero rise flopperators. Love them both. Alternate them all the time. I, I'll tell you, one of the best products I've ever bought. They're so well constructed. I mean, I was amazed at the construction of these flip-flops. I mean, they're high-end. They're made very, very well. Very rugged. They've got the patches on it too. I love. They got little patches on on the on the nylon straps. You know where you, you put your put your feet in there, the toes, and the straps go back over your feet. They got little patches. Says bad for running, worse for fighting. That the American flag. It's fantastic. But they take a little bit of money that you pay for that product, and they help educate Afghanistan women because they believe that education helps stop violence. It stop it stops wars. Head over to combatflipflops.com. Use lock two five. And get your flip-flops today. CombatFlipFlops.com. Lock 2-5. Do it now. Do what I did. Say 25%. Do it today. CombatFlipFlops.com. All right. Final story here. We're going to stay on sports. Because now the MLS, Major League Soccer, uh, they banned, get this, uh, <laughs> this is the idiocy that we're dealing with today. They banned Betsy Ross flag. <laughs> It's flag. First, it was the Confederate flag. Then it was Confederate statues. Now it's the Betsy Ross flag. You know what that? You know what they're calling it? A symbol for hate groups. It's a symbol for hate groups. The Betsy Ross flag is an early design of the flag of the United States. It was named after the flag maker, Betsy Ross. The pattern, which was in use as early as 1777, uses the common themes of alternating red and white stripes, like we see on the American flag today, with stars in, in a circle in, in, the blue, in the blue outline. Its distinguishing feature is 13 five-pointed stars arranged in a circle to represent, get this, the unity of the 13 colonies. It's a symbol of American patriotism. It's the damn American flag. God, I get tired of this. Do you ever get tired of this? I see these stories and these virtue, virtue signaling groups are like, you know, we're going to stop carrying guns into Walmart, into Walgreens, into CVS, wherever. I'm not going to stop carrying my gun anywhere. You're going to have to arrest my ass. I'm sorry. I'm just tired of this. You are watching these folks, and now you got Major League Soccer banning the Betsy Ross flag because they say it's a symbol of a hate group. A Utah couple who were in attendance at a Major League Soccer Real Salt Lake game says they were told by stadium officials to put away their Betsy Ross flag because the original flag of the American Revolution is a symbol for hate groups. Uh, newsflash, you can say something, it does not make it true. Doesn't make it true. <laughs> uh, you know, and I said this when we started talking last, well, was it two years ago now, when they started kneeling for the national anthem during the NFL, when they started pulling down um, Confederate statues, when they started banning the Confederate flag. I said back then, I wish I could find that. I wish I could go find that audio. I said, the American flag's next. The American flag is next. It's coming. And here we are. The American flag is under assault because that's what the Betsy Ross flag is, right? I mean, it's just the original flag. 
it, it, it's it's the original flag. It's a symbol of American patriotism. It's a symbol of the unity of the original 13 colonies. That's all it is. It, you can't make it something it's not. According to Randolph and Diana Scott, the league now claims that the flag, one of America's earliest national banners, has been adopted by hate groups. So, cares if a hate group. You know, that's another thing. I don't care if a hate group adopted it. What hate group adopted it? Who got to say what hate group it was? The pair turned up recently at Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, Utah, outfitted in their favorite jerseys, team colors, waving their Betsy Ross flag. Quote, Diana brought it for me, actually, because my other flag was kind of old and falling apart, Randolph told Fox. But the couple says the stadium personnel soon approached them and demanded that they hide their early version of the Stars and Stripes. Quote, they kept telling us if it wasn't going to, if we weren't going to take it down, we were going to be ejected from the game. Quote, he asked me, he's like, so what's the purpose of the flag, Randolph said. I was like, well, because we love America. Duh. Because I'm an American? Because it's an original American flag? Are you just that damn stupid? And, and mind you, they're at a damn soccer game. Oh, we hate America. Hey, groups, let's get out the Betsy Ross flag. Hey, F you. Yeah, yeah. What do you think it means? These people are crazy. What do you think it means? Well, why'd you bring that flag? Um, because I love America. <laughs> Pretty soon, loving America will be wrong. See, that's that's the the world we're not living in. That's why they. That's why the left hates Trump, because he loves America so much, because he puts America first, because he puts you and I first. You know, and this all goes back to, I want you to think about this. You know what this goes back to, Nike. Nike, over July 4th, was going to put the Betsy Ross flag on a pair of damn tennis shoes. And who got their panties in a ruffle? Colin Kaepernick. Because he's down for the struggle. Mind you, he is half black, I think. Might be half white. Might be both. But he got a full ride scholarship to play football. And look at all the money he made in the NFL. Going back to my original story of, you know, black athletes ought to stop going to white colleges. But this person, I mean, if, if someone looked at, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> if someone looked at me and said, hey, why'd you bring the American flag? Um, why don't you, why would you bring the American flag? You know what, what, what does the American flag stand for? Well, we're going to, sir, 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 we're, we're going to have to kick you out of this athletic event uh, because you're a racist. The league admitted to Fox that any controversial banner is banned from stadiums. Recently and very controversially, as well as surprising to us, the colonial flag has been adopted as a symbol for hate groups. Real Salt Lake Chief Business Officer Andy Carroll told Fox, any controversial flags or other similar banners or signs with symbols of hatred, divisiveness, or intolerance, whether intentional or otherwise, will not be permitted in our statements, period. Ultimately, Randolph said that the characterization of the Betsy Ross flag as a banner of hate is absurd. Quote, when people see me or Diana with this flag, I hope they can understand it's about the freedoms we have in this country. Thank you. Thank you. There is nothing controversial about the American flag. Hell, there's nothing controversial about the, 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 the um, Confederate flag. There's nothing controversial about that either. It's just history. There's nothing controversial about it. People make it controversial. They get butt hurt about it. They're pissed off about it. It's about the PSA with Drew Brees. Oh my God, he hates he hates gays. He never said that. But boy, we're sure gonna make sure you know. Oh well, the Betsy Ross flag. It's it's been adopted by a hate group. So what? So what if it's been adopted by a hate group? It's still an American flag. So that just gives you a reason. The less like, well, now now we have a reason. 
Now, now, now we have a reason. This gives us a reason to now hate the American flag. And I told you back then, and I'm going to tell you now, the American flag, the current American flag, the left is going to come for. Why? Because they need America not to be who she is. Hey, guys, have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Lock and load. Coming up Monday, americasvoicenews.com, 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can see me on video. But you have to go download the app. They have an app for the iPhone and the Android. They're on Amazon. They're on Apple TV. They're on Roku. Go find them. AmericasVoiceNews.com. We've got Ohio State tomorrow. we got the Colts Sunday. Have a great weekend. Hey, big things coming next weekend. I'm going to let you know on Monday. Got a few other things up the sleeves. But for today, the Matlock Show is out. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number. 3030.